BeastNet is brought to you by James Safety Services and in partnership with Beast OCR. Here we discuss all things OCR and fitness related, running, endurance, conditioning, rucking, and more. Welcome to BeastNet. Hey everyone, Hammer here, and on this episode of BeastNet, I'm chatting with Eric Reevesman about what it was like to do the Seattle Spartan Sprint with a peg leg, the Portland terrain, and his love for OCR. First off, uh, let's kind of let's kind of get some backstory on uh, on your injury from this past year. Um, what happened there? I mean, like, I guess you had a pretty pretty decently bro- broken leg. You had uh, had it in like an L shaped cast for a while. <laughs> yeah. Um, so back in uh, early February, when quote unquote snowmageddon came to the Seattle area, um, I, I don't really have a cool story. Uh, but I was just walking. I, I pulled up to, uh, pulled up to the, to my office where I work and got out of my car, took three steps out of my car and, um, I just slipped and fell on, on some ice. My body went one way and my foot stayed planted. I ended up, uh, falling and, and dislocating, uh, my ankle and then breaking my fibula as well. Um, so that was, oh that was gosh. pretty gruesome. Um, but, uh, the, the, there's a bit of a background there that, that some people find enjoyable. So I was actually on a work conference call at the time I fell. Um, and thank goodness I was on mute, but, uh, so I, yeah. I fell, looked down, saw that my foot was pointing the wrong way and that I took myself off of mute and politely asked my boss, Hey, I think I dislocated my ankle. Do you mind if I dial out early today on the call? And just dead, dead silence. Oh. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and then, you know, like, Hey, is anyone there? I got to go. And everyone's like, yeah, yeah, get out of there. Um, so I hang up the call and then I'm trying to crawl over to the sidewalk and somebody who, uh, I'm, I'm not sure, uh, for certain, but I believe they were homeless actually walking by, uh, ended up having to help me up off of the ground and, uh, help me into my car. Um, so that was, and help, help me dial 911 and everything to get an ambulance over to take me to the emergency room. But that was, a. A very interesting, um, interesting Tuesday morning. I'll tell you that. Oh wow! I bet. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, I've got a um, I've got a friend of mine. He's a uh, he's a drummer. I mean, he's been drumming his whole life, and he he stepped off a curb after he got off work one day, and uh, he broke his ankle just stepping off a curb. And <laughs> yeah. When he. He went to catch himself, and you know he stepped down, broke that ankle. He went to catch himself and broke his other ankle. <laughs> How do you break two ankles stepping off of a curb when you've been using your feet and your ankles your whole life? Like, yeah, that's sometimes a... it's just unexplainable, man. Yeah, and it's crazy, you know, doing what what a lot of people think is you know in, insane or intense or extreme or whatever with the obstacle course races you know it's funny how just walking um kind of is the thing to get you so it's uh definitely definitely uh was a was uh was an experience but 
you know, it's healing up now, and it it was a long road. And the um the cast you oh, mentioned earlier, that. yeah, the cast you mentioned earlier was actually just a normal boot. Um, but what I was using oh. was an alternative to crutches, so that's why my leg was kind of uh, uh up in that position because it was a peg leg style, yeah. um, uh, style hands free crutch. Uh, so that's why my leg was in that position, but my, my, my foot and ankle and uh, lower leg was just in a regular, regular boot. Um, but the, the tool I was using, it, it's a hand-free crutch. It's, uh, very similar to a peg leg with a knee pad, but it allowed me to, to walk a little bit more natural and use my hands for different things. So that, that was the, uh, the alternative I chose rather than being on crutches for eight weeks or using a scooter. None of those really sounded appealing. And that way I figured I could be a pirate for eight weeks. So that was pretty fun. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, <laughs> um, oh yeah, definitely. Cause I mean, I've, I've been on crutches before too. Um, I, in 2006, um, I actually broke my left ankle and I say 2006, oh, no. but it was really like, it was really like, 2005 slash 2006 because it was um it was new year's eve and it rolled basically over into new year's day um, oh no I'd just gotten off of i had just gotten off of work i worked at a restaurant at the time and i was a, um, a line cook and um so we we closed the store i get home um this is um, about two or three years, yeah, two, three years after I graduated high school. So, um, during my high school senior year, I, um, I was in vocational school for a firefighter EMT. And, um, so while, you know, while I was there, you know, I obviously knew how to, um, to respond to, um, incidents and stuff like that. Well, um, I get off of work, I go home. And at the time I was still, uh, living in my parents' house because I was getting ready to go to college and stuff like that. So, you know, kids, you know, they save money and, and whatnot. So um, living at my parents' house and this lady was out celebrating with a bunch of her friends and they decided to like have like a, a race down uh, the street that I lived on. And um, she ended up striking like a parked car with her vehicle and it um, caused her vehicle to kind of turn um, it rolled into a, into a yard across the street and, um, rolled probably about two or three times. Um, oh, wow. and ended up, yeah, and it ended up landing down, um, back on the tires, but, um, she was pretty worse for wear. So, um, I heard the whole thing. I, I got up out of my bed and I was like, what the heck is, you know, what was that? That was so crazy. Um, I go out of that, <clears throat> I look out my window and I'm like, holy crap, somebody just, you know, somebody just crashed right, you know, next to our house. And um, so I threw on some shorts, you know, a shirt, and I run out there and, you know, I'm yelling at the neighbor whose yard they're in. I'm yelling at the neighbor, you know, call 911, um, get them out here. And I'm trying to keep her kind of, um, you know, basically just hold up in the car and not having her move very much. And. I mean, there's glass everywhere, all kinds of stuff. And um, once I made sure that she was, you know, stable and she wasn't going to go anywhere, um, I don't know what I was thinking. I was like, okay, I'm going to go get, um, 
I'm going to go get a crowbar out of my garage in my parents' garage so I can pry the hood open and take the battery cables off so that this horn, you know, this horn will shut up. And at that point, I'd lived in that house maybe, I don't know, I'm going to say probably about, I'm going to say probably about five or six years, give or take. Um, and that entire time that I lived there, I never once found this pothole in our yard. I mean, and keep in mind, you know, I, I'd, I'd mowed the lawn plenty of times and played out in the front yard and all that, but never once had I found this pothole until that night. I was headed oh, back to the man. house and I stepped in that pothole and my left ankle or my foot, it um, basically it turned right and then rolled. And oh. it tore my, I mean, it just tore my ankle up. So being, being on crutches for the next, I don't know, I think it was like eight to 12 weeks, something like that. Um, thankfully, I didn't have to have any rods or screws or pins or anything put in there. Um, cause I, you know, ankles are a very, um, complicated area. So, um, but being on crutches for eight to 12 weeks really sucked on my armpits because, you know, you've got, I mean, I'm, I'm, I wasn't say I wasn't as heavy as I, um, as I am now, but still all that body weight that you, that you put down on those things and, yeah, I just having crutches sucks, and I can see why you would go for that alternative. Um, me personally, I'm kind of a wacky guy, um, just like Mike. So I'm sure if you know anything ever happened again like that, knock on wood, um, that I would probably opt for the scooter. But that's just me. I mean, this, I think it's yeah, just, you know, I, such a wacky dude. All right, and now we're going to take a quick pause so we can hear from our sponsors. Do you like challenges that are fun, tough, and might use tacos? Head on over to BeastChallenge.com and check out our upcoming events, including Beast's 5K+, a combination of race and endurance event, and the Bucket Mile. Keep an eye on the Beast's OCR Facebook group for event gatherings. For more information, head on over to BeastChallenge.com and the Beast's OCR Facebook group. You'll be glad you did. And we're back. I did have a couple pins, or a, not a pin, but um, a some screws and some stuff put in my my leg. But that was for my fibula. Um, so that was kind of a another thing too. I was just a little worried about you know banging my leg or anything on crutches because I am also yeah. a really clumsy dude. Um, and I I was really thinking about the the scooter that. You know, it, to to be honest, um, the peg leg thing just looked really fun. Um, so I figured, why not give that a shot? And uh, and then I actually tried the scooter. A, a coworker of mine, she broke her leg uh, and and had one uh, had had a scooter sitting around. So I was at the office. I'm like, why not give this a shot? I am so glad I didn't choose the scooter. Within 30 minutes. I ended up falling off of the scooter straight onto my kneecap because, of course, your oh, leg's geez. up and you can't ca- catch yourself. Um, and those things, at least the one I was using, it didn't really have a great turn radius. So I would try and make like uh, a tight turn or whatever in some of our hallways, and then the wheel would, it, it just, it lost its balance. So I'd end up sliding off right onto my 
me. And uh, that, that didn't feel good. And it was bruised for a while and just very uncomfortable. But yeah, I'm, the scooter is not for me. So uh, okay. happy I chose I what I did. Drift scooter. Uh, yeah. And also, I mean, you know, Spartan race and being outdoors and loving to hike and everything. Um, the, the peg leg option just, it had a, an Epsom sole on that material is the same they use for like rock climbing shoes and stuff. So it was pretty grippy. Okay. Uh, so it, it, you know, allowed me to continue to be outdoors, walk, hike, and uh, do a Spartan race, which was really, really cool. Yeah, cool. Um, on the lines of that, let's uh, let's talk about that. That was the um, that was the Seattle Sprint. Am I correct? Yes, uh, Seattle Sprint is 2019 in April. Yeah, and I, so, I remember seeing you out there on the course, man. That was that was actually pretty motivational. That was actually uh, really cool because I'm thinking, man, you know, I don't um, I don't normally uh, get out and do stuff in this type of cold weather because um, the day before had really sucked uh, and the the super was horrible. Um, you know, we talked about that in earlier episodes and. Um, but I actually almost didn't come back out for the sprint just because I was anticipating it being so cold. And I was like, the second I saw, um, the second I saw you out there with your peg leg, and I think at the time you were actually going, um, where was this? I think it was um, Bucket Brigade. And I remember seeing you do Bucket Brigade and, um, Actually, you know what? I saw you prior to that doing um, the the barbed wire crawl, and then later on is when I saw you doing the bucket brigade. And I was like, you know what? I have no reason to complain now because this dude is out here doing this with a you know a busted leg and a peg leg apparatus. This guy's got it going. I mean, it was it was super cool. Well, I, I appreciate that, but to be fair, you know, I didn't do the super, and the, I, I volunteered at the, the kids' race um, during the super, yeah. and yeah. even just volunteering was was tough. Being out in that cold and and uh, rain, and and watching those kids and all oh, those yeah. racers out there, I mean, I, I I wanted nothing more than to be out there with you guys. But I'm happy I waited yeah. for the sprint and did that which was still uh, as far as sprints go um the weather conditions did not make that an easy race so everybody out there yeah. uh just really earned their medal and t-shirt that day and and banana and fit eight of course well, um, but as far yeah. as i'm concerned you earned a super medal a sprint medal <laughs> and you probably should have earned like a 2x trifecta just for having that peg leg apparatus well, I appreciate that. Maybe we can uh, email Spartan and uh, see what they can do with that. Um, but, uh, but uh, yeah, no, it was a really, really fun course. And, um, you know, I was definitely nervous about going into it, uh, you know, having that handicap. But you, you first and foremost, having tremendous people in the obstacle course race community uh being support. I mean, I definitely got to call out, um, Nick Thompson and Don yeah. Gherkin. They, yeah. they ran the, they ran the race with me, um, and, and really supported me all the way through. I think Don, uh, ran off and, 
about halfway through the course because we were keeping her uh, keeping her up a little too much, uh, just being so slow. But um, Nick, you know, he stayed all the and that's not a knock towards Don at all. I I really appreciate her no, no, helping me out as much as she did. Um, I just know the weather conditions were starting to get to her, so she had to keep moving a little bit. So it didn't affect her. Um, and that, yeah, that's totally awesome. Understand. I really appreciate the, yeah, really appreciate all the support she was able to give that race. And, but Nick, Nick helped me all the way through that course. And I, people say this a lot, but I really don't think I could have done it without out their support. And of, of course, my amazing girlfriend, Rachel, um, who, uh, I, I'm not just saying that because she's in the room with me as I'm doing this episode, but, uh, she, uh-huh. her, her, uh-huh. her support, her support, of course, um, was just tremendous and, and yeah. definitely not, it just awesome. And, you know, really, really took into consideration, am I too crazy in doing this or am I just the right amount of crazy? Um, but yeah, her, her support and watching her conquer her first super the day before in that weather um, and this was the first Spartan race that she actually, or first obstacle course race in general that we didn't, that she didn't do with me. Um, so seeing her com- oh, wow. conquer the super and, and making friends and running with Elise um, and some other people that picked up along the way, it was just incredible and really inspiring to see that. So definitely gave me some motivation for this sprint. Yeah, and just having that's awesome. Uh, the rest of the beast community as support and inspiration, and um, it was it was really great. I know we uh, we ran into Brandon Chin um, on his second lap at uh, I think Inverted Wall, and that was really cool. Um, you know, seeing him lead some new Spartans as the SGX you know coach heat, and uh, that that yeah. was just really cool to cool to see. Yeah, and uh, I yeah. I could go on for a while a while about naming all the amazing beasts, but but just two more people with that, um, you know, Virginia and and Adam definitely and Janelle, uh, three three main inspirations. Virginia's story of doing the Montana Beast a few years back on crutches is just, you know, it it's famous now. Everybody everybody knows about it, and you know that was yeah. truly inspiring to hear about. Um, I was like, wow, if she can do that, then I, I can do this. And, uh, you know, that was definitely something really inspiring to me. And then Adam and Janelle, Janelle especially really kept me like, yeah, you can do it, but just be smart about it. Don't hurt your ankle anymore. So, um, but having their support and just seeing all the crazy events they do, I mean, all three of them are taking, and Nick, since I mentioned him earlier, they're all taking on the star course, uh, yesterday and today so that they just do a lot of crazy yeah it's uh it's pretty intense but just watching all the amazing things they do both on and off the course uh just really inspired me to to take that challenge on and of course casey McAllister, um if he can do it with no legs i can do it with with one injured so just the OCR community is full of inspiration and full of amazing people uh, who everybody, I'm a firm believer everybody has their own obstacles before they even cross oh, yeah. that it finish line. Yeah, and it, 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 it definitely does ring true. Um, and I know that, um, you know, we always talk about community and stuff here um, on BeastNet. And the cool thing um, 
is that the inspiration doesn't just stop with one person. Like, you know, you're inspired by all these people, which drives you to do like you did the sprint with this injured leg. And then people like myself see it. And we're like, man, if this guy can do it and, you know, and he can succeed at it, then what do I have to complain about? Like this guy's out here doing it injured um, you know, he probably could have just taken it easy and said, you know what, I'm going to recover and, and, um, I'm going to, you know, do all my rehabilitation first, but no, you were, you know, you were out there doing it. And it was like me seeing it. I was like, man, I, I have nothing to complain about. I, you know what, I'm just going to, I'm going to stop grumbling about my feet and my, how cold I am. And I'm just going to keep going because this guy is giving like 200% much, you know, 200% more effort than I am to make it through on an injured leg. So, you know, it, it doesn't just, it doesn't just stop with that one person, you know, it, it carries over. And, um, and I think that, uh, like you said, the whole, the, the whole community aspect, which kind of carried on, um, over into, uh, the Portland terrain, but we'll, we'll talk about that here in a bit before we talk about that, actually. Um, I did want to ask you, so what, what exactly was, um, what was the most, the toughest obstacle to to accomplish or the toughest obstacle to tackle at the sprint with that leg injury? Um well, uh there was one it it's new this year. I forget the exact name of it, but it has a the pipes and it's uh the metal frames are kind of an uh, one one slanted forward and one slanted backward, and they have the metal pipes you grip onto and kind of the foot ledges. Do you, do you know what I'm talking about there? Uh, yeah, that the one that was was that that one that was like the the X shape or something like that. Yeah, I, I forget the name of it exactly, um, but that was a uh, that was really tough to um to conquer on the peg leg just because I didn't have the grip. Um, with with yeah. my feet that I would have liked, and so a little background about about this before um, <laughs> everyone thinks I'm totally crazy. I so I I knew that I was going to be weight bearing um, very shortly. I I think actually after that, uh, um, my doctor's appointment was on Monday after the sprint to be weight bearing again, and you know I tried putting a little weight on my own just standing and doing some some really entry-level stuff um, in my boot. So there were a couple obstacles where I read, I'm having trouble doing it in my boot. Let me just take it off for all of 30 seconds so I can make it past that obstacle. So um, that X-shape one was was one of those where I had to do that. Um, the cargo net, uh, the, the A-frame cargo net there at, uh, at the end right before the fire jump and finish line, that was another one. Um, and anything like that was, uh, yeah. was tough because I, that, that sole of the foot, although really grippy, it, you know, it wasn't as bulky as, as a normal foot or my foot in the boot. So I'd find myself kind of slipping through the holes, which, uh, just made it a lot more difficult. So for short instances, I would take the peg leg apparatus off just so I could have more grip and, and not fall on my face on top of the car net <laughs> or other obstacles. <laughs> um, but, but as far as actually part, run, you know, 
walking the course and doing all of that, the peg leg stayed on. It was just certain obstacles. I, I did have to take it off, but that X shape and the cargo net, um, and rope climb, rope, rope climb. I, I didn't, I, I tried to get up for a little bit and a combination of the rope being so slippery and, uh, not having any grip on, on the peg leg apparatus, I would yeah. say that was a, another very difficult one that I, I didn't, um, didn't accomplish due to the peg leg. Yeah. But I mean, you know, you tackled pretty much everything else and you know, that's, like I said, that's truly, um, you know, you've got to give yourself some credit. I mean, I know we all do. We're like, you know, some of us, I know, like I looked at, um, I did the X wall or the little X shape wall thing um, as well. And that was hard enough for me to do. And I was just like, man, you know, how in the world, how in the world do people get across this thing? You know, and I, I imagine if I had, you know, I would probably attempt it with, you know, an injury, but in the back of my head, I'm thinking, okay, well, and I'm just going to go and do my burpees because there's no way I'm going to be able to do it. But you know, and that's the thing, you know, you, you, um, you try it, you attempt it and you know what it is that you have to improve when you fail it. Um, and you know, and I can't, I can't speak, um, I can't speak for it because like I said, you know, you tackled all these obstacles with an injury and here I am, you know, at the time fully able, um, fully able and fully bodied to do these obstacles. Um, but I can imagine, I can imagine the upper body strength that probably would have to, you know, take, especially for myself, cause I'm, I'm not a small guy, um, to hoist yourself up this rope without having the use of your feet. Um, I know when we were in the, the Portland terrain a couple of weeks ago, you were, um, I was kind of struggling with the rope and whatnot, and you had shown me like the little, um, little feet techniques, you know, that you use to actually scale up the rope. And um, you know, I've been really trying to work on that, but I couldn't imagine just doing it solely with your arms. That's insane. Yeah, and and um, especially with the conditions the way they were, uh, you know, just oh, yeah. the rope being so wet, and a lot of people not being able to do it using different techniques, uh, including their legs. It just, for me, um, I was already really burnt out. I believe that was right after the sandbag and that took it out yes. of me. I was doing, doing really, really great. Keeping, uh, keeping, um, positive mentality and, and just really pushing forward. But after that sandbag, that wiped me out. And, oh, uh, so oh, it, yeah, it was really tough to, brutal. yeah. Um, <laughs> And of course, all the rain and everything, you know, just adds to the to the fun of it. Um, of course, fun being in air quotes there, but but uh, yeah, no. Uh, so that that really did a, a number on my my mental toughness, and it, it's also just when when you kind of get that massive hit and it slows you down. It, you also got to think: is it all right? Is is the glory worth the worth the risk there and not having a way to catch myself if I slipped on that wet rope and being so high up, you know, it that yeah. that is not a recipe for success there and already having an injury that's <laughs> not something not. I'm I wanted to risk. And 
I mean, every obstacle, now that I'm thinking about your earlier question a bit more, every obstacle had its challenges, um, specifically the Atlas carry. Um, I actually wasn't able to get low enough, and, and I think we may have seen Brandon in his first lap at the at the uh, Atlas Dome, and I asked him many tips. Was like, you know, he was helping his, his new Spartans there with the SGX heat, but he was like, yeah, I just get as low as you can and, and go from there. And I tried, I couldn't get low enough. So I'm just like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to push it. So I actually crawled in the mud and pushed this Atlas down to the other end, did my burpees and um, then pushed it on back. And so, you know, finding ways I can work around it. Um, the tire, uh, which I have trouble with anyways, uh, the men's tire was just really, really tough. I can't remember. I think I want to say Nick helped me on the men's tire to do our flips. Um, I, I can't remember if I did that or, or flip the female tire instead, I, which I was able to get up um, without any assistance with even with the peg like apparatus, but anything that really required me to, to lower my center of gravity, to lift a heavier weight, that was very difficult. Um, since the peg leg itself did not bend and the whole apparatus kind of took away my knee mobility, uh, there. So that was, that, that, those obstacles were also very difficult and, um, burpees as well. You know, I, as a true Spartan and, and kind of what I believe about the race is, you know, there's a penalty if you fail the obstacles and if you're able to do the 30 burpees, um, that's what you should do. So I miss spear throw, um, which I was really bummed about. And, but I, I did my 30 burpees and, uh, I, I think my girlfriend got a video of me, uh, doing those, but, uh, just burpees already suck in general. Throwing that peg leg in there. It was, uh, it, it was tough. It was really tough. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I was able to do those and overall very proud of crossing the finish line, but just, Every time I see yes. that video of me doing burpees in the peg like it, I'd, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't proud um, seeing that. So I'm really happy As about that. Be. As you should be. Um, all right. So let's talk a little bit about uh, the past couple of races that we just did. Um, so I, 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 I knew sorry. you guys did... Oh, sorry, you mind if I just want to throw one thing in there before we kind of make the transition, um, just yeah. in, in case anybody ever thinks about doing something like that. I want to preface that um, I spoke with my doctor and my surgeon and made sure I was safely able to do stuff like that and, and what I could and couldn't do. And he essentially yeah. said, you know, just don't put any, you know, don't put a lot of pressure on your, uh, on your foot. You aren't ready to be full weight bearing and et cetera, et cetera. Um, and make sure you have like people who can help you. You know, I, I won't say my doctor was ecstatic about me doing a sprint race, but <laughs> I made sure that there, I made sure that I knew what I could and what I couldn't do. I didn't just go into this like, oh yeah, I broke my leg in February and it's April. I'm just going to take my boot off and take everything off and, and sprint it. You know, I, yeah. I made sure what I was doing was 
as safe as it could be given the situation. And I, I made sure to talk with my doctor and understand the risks and understand the consequences of if I messed up or what would happen before I did that. So I, I know some people, um, you know, just they, they don't know that side of it and they just think I was like a little too crazy and, and rushing into it. Um, but I just, you know, again, if anyone is ever considering it, you know, just make sure you, you're able to talk with your doctor about it and make sure you know what the risks and consequences are for doing something like that and how to do it in a relatively safe manner. Yeah. I mean, you know, like you said, you know, it's important because you don't want to jeopardize yourself for future events. You don't want to, you know, go into it with an injury and then that be the race that ends it all completely for you. Um, you know, you want to be able to know what you physically can and cannot do, what your abilities are, your capabilities, and, you know, so that you can return to future races. You know, you don't want to of just course. go in there with the injury and, you know, you know, complicated even more and possibly, you know, out yourself the rest of your life for these events. So, And not just focusing on OCR, but everything. You know, I don't want to have pain when I oh, walk yeah, for the rest of my life. And I, wa- I, I want to get back to jogging and running eventually, you know. So definitely taking it easy and, and like you said, not hindering yourself for future um future events are taking you out of the the race completely really important yeah exactly does your business need first aid aed osha flagging or other safety training james safety services is your one-stop shop find them on facebook today at james safety services wa and ask for a quote on hosting your training needs so let's uh, let's transition over now to um, a couple of weeks ago we did the Portland uh, it was the Portland terrain and right after that you uh, you and Rachel went over to Washougal and did the Portland Sprint as well so I was there with Don um, and you and Rachel at the Portland uh, terrain race uh, did you do the Portland or sorry did you do the Seattle terrain race the week prior I did yes. <laughs> Okay. Um, awesome. Because I, I kind of wanted to talk to you about, I wanted to get your thoughts on um, the differences between the two races. Me personally, I really liked the Portland terrain much better than I liked the Seattle terrain. Not to say anything bad about the Seattle terrain. It's just that I felt um, there was a vast difference in the feel, the um, I guess the overall atmosphere of the races the race in Portland to me felt much more like a terrain race, much more like an OCR than the one in Seattle felt. But at the same time, it was kind of interesting to see um, the terrain race at the track and it kind of switched it up a little bit. You know, it was, it was kind of a weird, kind of a weird deal. So I wanted to get your thoughts on that. So I, I agree, you know, having that on the track definitely um you, you know having it on pavement through most of the course it doesn't feel like the classic OCR trail run that we're all used to uh I will say I did yeah. Seattle uh terrain race and um which was actually located in Monroe at the same location I did that last year um and I last year that was my first terrain race uh my introduction to it 
And at the time, it was one of the most fun events I ever did. So I, I don't, I actually really enjoy that course, maybe more of a, a reminiscence and, you know, and enjoys occasion of what last year was. I think I did four laps uh, at the Seattle location last year. I got to hang out with Christina, um, Nick and Josie, and a bunch of other really awesome beasts there and doing multiple laps. Um, but in this year, it was a little different. I was, we were, my girlfriend and I were coming back from a different event. And I actually didn't make the terrain race until like the last heat at five o'clock on a Sunday. Uh, so oh, wow. it definitely wasn't, um, it didn't feel like the typical OCR for me. Um, you know, sure. The pavement, yeah, the, the venue may have helped with that, but also showing up to run a, a race at five, five in the evening on a Sunday night when barely anybody is there. Uh, you know, that's definitely yeah. not the, the typical feel of an OCR. And also just with time and throughout the day, the course um, gets, you know, course tape gets knocked down, things get moved, things get adjusted. And when you don't have a large crowd in front of you kind of to follow where the course is going, um, yeah. You know, when that course tape gets knocked down, that definitely has something to do with um, do with it overall. But at the end of the day, I oh, met yeah. some amazing people at the Seattle Terrain Race who I, I wasn't necessarily in the best mood going going through uh, starting at the Terrain Race in Seattle. But I met some amazing people at the start line, and it was their first first OCR and they just reminded me what it's all about, you know, and they came out into some of the mud pits, they cannonballed in belly flopped, rolled around in the mud, <laughs> but just messing with each other and having a great time. And it was like, man, this is, why am I grumpy right now? This is, it's, it's about having yeah. fun no matter what time of day it is, no matter what happened early in the day. OCR for me is about being there, having fun and getting to be a little kid again. Um, so that, yeah. Just overall, if you break it down to the basics, you know, what did you think of the course, et cetera? Sure, it may not have been my favorite, but at the end of the day, I met some really great people, as always, and uh, we we just ended up having a blast. So I, I overall liked it, but the Portland terrain, um, I, I really enjoyed that. I mean, your more stereotypical uh, terrain you have going on, and getting to meet you guys and meet Katie and Paxton were really great. And overall, just the setup, I think, felt a little bit more like that classic OCR that everyone likes. Yeah. You know, and then you, and then you work in that surprise obstacle right there at the start line, the, the nest. Oh, yeah, nest. with the bees or wasps or... <laughs> that was fun, yeah. It was, it was actually kind of funny. Um, occasionally, when we would, when we would kind of... Halfway through the course, you know, we were started. We started talking about the bees again, and um, and it was funny because I I made the mistake of, you know, like I was just like bees, and I said it like really loud, and um, and so then people were like looking around like, oh gosh, more bees, and like so people were trying to like get away from me because, um, you know, I was the one yelling bees. But then after a while, it just it became kind of fun to like see who would react if you yelled bees. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so like occasionally, like if you got near like a large group, would you know I'd, I'd look at Don and I'd be like bees, <laughs> and you know it, it was kind of fun. 
um, to see how people kind of reacted to that. Um, you know, that surprise element of the bees was uh, was definitely interesting, to say the least. Um, but yeah, I actually really enjoyed um, I really enjoyed that that Portland terrain race. Um, and like I said, you know, I could it was actually really cool getting to meet um, getting to meet you and Rachel there. Um, and then the whole, um, you know, everything with Katie and Paxton, you know, just, uh, she was, you know, basically out with her kids. I know her older kid, um, had just taken off and did his own thing and, you know, and she stayed with Paxton the entire time. And, um, that was really cool. I think one of my favorite parts of that entire race, um, you know, I always struggle with the ropes and I thought it was cool that, um, you know, and I, I know you had a lot of fun with this as well as did everyone else but my favorite part of that whole race was um when we got to the rope climb because you know paxton was he was climbing it himself and he would get about halfway up and he would get um i wasn't sure if it was necessarily that he was you know scared of the height or if it was just that he um was having trouble getting grip or whatever um but where you know you had said all right climb up climb up the rope and then you climbed up underneath him and then he would move his feet up and you'd, you'd climb up underneath him and then you would give him a foothold with your hands and then he would climb up the rest of the way and he actually made it all the way to the top with your assistance and to me that was insanely cool yeah that was a i i was really happy to help with that and um yeah i just because I can do the rope climb doesn't mean everyone can. And I mean, Paxton was absolutely doing amazing. I mean, he was so energetic throughout oh, the course. And, course. Yeah. And, and doing a lot of obstacles, a lot of other people couldn't do. And I mean, yeah. I think he tried climbing the rope at least three or four times before I, you know, was able to help him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he, his, his smile and how happy he was, um, when he hit the top of that rope, made it made it worth it. I I love doing things like that. Oh, yeah, that's definitely. part part of the reason I continue to run OCR is the the community aspect of it. And I know if I didn't do that, no one exactly. else would have. And um, you know, I, we've all had our first race. We've all done something for the first time and been nervous about it, and you're not been able to do something. Um, but yeah. I. I love when I meet people who haven't run a race before children or, or adults or whoever the case may be. And, you know, I'm able to talk with them and help them up over the obstacle. And, um, this, a common one is like a cargo net or the A-frame. Um, the people are afraid of heights and don't know how to make that transition over a wall or over that cargo net uh, at the top there. And, yeah. and Christina is a huge inspiration for this because I believe, um, the first person in beast that I really saw do this for someone that just, uh, you know, Hey, look at me. We're going to get through this together and really helping them up over the wall. And now I try and do that at a race. You know, I try and help people over obstacles, um, that they don't feel like they can do on their own, you know, and just getting that hug yeah. or that awesome high five at the end of it, when you're able to, to get someone through their fears and their personal obstacles with that, um, is just, that's what keeps bringing me back is helping people and, and paying, paying kindness forward. Like you said, to, that, that stands out as being the biggest reason why a lot of people come back. Um, I know that's a big reason that I come back. Um, you know, it's just the, the community aspect and we, we meet new people at races that, you know, we can, 
you know, we see at future races and, and we catch up with each other. And, um, but that, like you said, the community is what brings you back. And if there's one word that we cannot stress enough on this podcast, it is community. And you'll, you'll hear community so much, you'll probably get sick of that word. But community is like the root of this whole thing. Yeah, definitely. And um, I, I couldn't agree more. That's one of the first things that comes out of my reason. Like, why do you, when people ask, why do you do Spartans or Tough Mudders or whatever the case may be? And I, like I said, I, I say community. Um, it's just one of the best one of the best there is and that camaraderie that's with strangers. I mean, BeastNet having, or excuse me, BeastOCR having over 2,000 people and BeastNet uh, last year being rated in the top, I know for sure it was the top 10 um, obstacle course related podcast, but I, I want to say it did even better than that and uh, got in the top four, four or five, but I, I can't remember for sure, but I know it was, it almost got an award and was nominated for uh, an award. And that's due to the community because we, exactly. we love, we love each other through our, our love of OCR and we love supporting each other in, in any aspect that we can. And, um, you know, just becoming friends outside of OCR and, you know, I, I, we just met at, uh, in person anyways, at, um, the Portland terrain race and yeah. now we've texted and kind of chatted outside of it. And that's kind of how this uh, podcast episode came about. And it's, it's building those relationships and meeting people who you might not meet outside of obstacle course racing and networking and building that community is really, uh, just really awesome. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like what you hear make sure and subscribe and review us on your favorite podcast platform be sure to find us on facebook instagram and twitter if you're using youtube please click the little red subscribe icon then click the little bell for notifications of future episodes and if you could give us a thumbs up so you guys um you and rachel did the portland touring race that morning and then Directly afterwards, um, you guys had to haul it over to Washibo because you um, you guys had the Portland Sprint directly after that. So yes. What was, uh, uh, what was that one like? It was it was great. Um, it was really fun. I think they changed up the course from last year a little bit, and um, not not too many huge hills, but a lot of kind of rolling ones, just because it is a. Um, a motorbike park and uh it you know and a racetrack so it definitely had that rolling um rolling hills aspect to it um but overall it was just absolutely beautiful being in the trees being in the forest there um and surrounded by nature is it was so much fun and of course seeing even more beasts there because we got biggest team at that spartan race uh it was it was really great to um to see everybody and overall just a really great event um a, a friend that rachel uh made at the uh seattle super this year um actually flew out from las vegas to run this race uh with rachel and i so 
Oh, wow, that's cool. Again, just kind of leading back to that community, people you you don't necessarily talk with on a regular basis or wouldn't know outside of the um, the OCR community. You know, now we have a friend in Las Vegas, and she she came out to do this race with us. So, and that's all because of the Seattle Spartan Super. That's awesome. Yeah, see, I mean, the the networking you get with stuff like this is just unbelievable. Um, I know every year um, when everybody goes to Montana, everybody stays in a house over there. Um, I know that um, quite a few quite a few people have arrangements in other cities. Um, I mean, across the country, um, with other racers from those general areas, that you know they can go for a race and. You know that person that lives there will be like, all right, hey, yeah, I've got I've got room for you guys. You guys can crash on my on my floor, on my couch, on my sleeping bag, whatever. It's just you know normally you don't see this kind of thing just among random strangers. I mean, and that's what is really cool about um, the OCR community is that it doesn't matter if you've met before or not. Um, I know I was going to do the Montana the Montana Beast this year, but I ended up. Uh, so I ended up actually having to defer that race because I got um, I had to go work in a different state for a little bit, and I had already made arrangements to stay at the house with everybody over in Montana, and I didn't know a single person really that would be staying there besides um, besides Mike, and Mike actually ended up not going this year as far as I know. Um, Don went and. Um, so he really would have been the only person I knew, you know, out of the beast or anybody really staying in that house. But I, I still felt like because they opened that up to me, it was almost like I had known them my whole life and they were just kind of like, oh yeah, you're family. You, you know, you, you can come in and sleep over here. We got room for you right here. It's crazy because like I said, you, you don't, you don't know these people and you, you never met them before. But yet here they are offering you a place to sleep, you know, when you're out of state. And most times you don't even have to ask. Most times people are proactive and they'll say, hey, if anybody's in the area from, you know, from wherever, hit me up. I've got space. You guys can crash here. And to me, that's really cool. Yeah. And I, I actually had a similar a similar story with Montana. Um, I I was so excited. Um, always heard amazing and terrible things about Montana and I'm like, I want to do that race. So signed up well in advance, obviously broke my leg and dislocated my ankle and that whole thing, but I was still going to go and just volunteer and get a couple free race coats and support everyone over there. Um, Jonathan Butler, who I've met a couple times and I would call us friends, even though we don't hang out on a consistent basis. But, um, you know, when we see each other at races or different events, it's always great to kind of reconnect. But we kind of got to talking over Facebook, and he invited me to stay at his place uh, or the Airbnb he got me. You know, just we worked out the deal, and it, it was great. He kind of just that open arm, welcoming, like, hey, you want to come to Montana and you don't have a place? come crash with me. I'll make sure it's okay with the person who has the Airbnb and we'll get it taken care of. And, you know, we were going to share a rental car and do all this stuff that, you know, we're friends. Sure. But we don't hang out, uh, you know, very often and we don't get to see each other a whole lot. So just that welcoming 
again, community and welcoming uh, camaraderie amongst specifically beast OCR, but, but throughout the optical course yeah. racing community is just, it, it never ceases to amaze me. And that's why I'm so happy to be not only a part of the OCR community, but be a part of beast. Awesome. Um, so, I mean, I think that pretty much covers it. Um, you know, we, we've talked quite a bit about, you know, your injury and how you, how you overcame the difficulties and the, the challenges of, you know, surmounting these obstacles, um, while being injured. Um, I think, uh, I think it really speaks to the kind of character that you have, man, that you, you go out there and you push yourself and you have that support system. So it's really cool, man. Um, I think it really, like I said, I think it really speaks a lot to your character and, um, you you actually play a really big part in that um, that welcoming aspect in this community, and I, I think it's very valuable um, to what what Beasts does. And so I wanted to thank you for that, man. That's that's really awesome. Oh, thank you, thank you. Yeah, it's, I I try. You know, I I mean, you know, people welcome me into obstacle course racing, and I remember my first race. Uh, it was the Sacramento Sprint. In, in 2015, and I just remember being excited and terrified and just all sorts of different things um, when I got, you know, to my first race, and I actually volunteered as a course marshal, um, so I, uh, I believe now they call it an obstacle course referee, but at the time, the, the, the volunteer position was called a course marshal, and so you show up on Friday for a 30 minute briefing about how to use video cameras for the elites and um, which are used to make sure the first 30 people or so are, are doing their burpees as you know, elites yeah. and age group are eligible for prize money. So showed up there. A lot of people who were volunteering for that position were seasoned at least two, three or more races and told everyone it was my first time. And, the Spartan employee as well as the fellow volunteers kind of took me around, showed me some obstacles um, and let me play a little bit on the multi-rig. And, um, you know, it was just a really great first impression of Spartan and the people that do it, um, both volunteer run and work for that race. And I actually still, from time to time, I still see people that from that first volunteer shift um, that I did, and it's not like we're buddy buddy or anything, but we'll say hi, give each other a hug, and um, I mean, just it, it's really, really great to see those people and you know have that great experience with my first Spartan race and my first OCR. Um, I want to pay that forward in everything I do because that's what keeps people coming back. You know, the not only sense of accomplishment and conquering that, but the community. And so, yeah, that's definitely something I try and pay for it every, every chance I get when I'm at a race or any type of event. Awesome. Well, uh, dude, I really appreciate you, uh, taking the time to be on, on the podcast today. Um, it's definitely been a conversation that, uh, you know, we've been wanting to have for a little bit and, uh, I'm glad we finally actually got to have this talk, man. That was, that was really cool. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm, you know, always kind of in the back of my mind was like, oh, I want to 
I think that'd be so cool to be a guest speaker on BeastNet. Like, and it's just, uh, it's really great that you guys um, gave me this opportunity and let me share my story a little bit. So thank you for that. Yeah, definitely, man. We will, um, you know, and, and it's, it's never that far outside of the realm of possibility to have repeat guests. So I, I can't wait. Maybe when I fully heal up and uh, get back to training and, you know, um, give uh, Lorenzo and Patrick and some other age group and elite racers a run for their money and finally get a podium one day. Maybe you guys can have me back on then. But yeah, and just a shout out on that note, um, a, uh, because we did talk about the Portland sprint, just another shout out to Lorenzo for taking first in his age group. You know, that yeah, he's exactly. been working hard this year and, and, uh, he, he, you know, just hit it out of the park and, and really hit it hard at that race and every race he does. So looking forward to seeing him at the Seattle races and seeing him podium at Tahoe. I know he can do it. Thanks for listening to the BeastNet podcast. If you haven't done it yet, find us on Facebook. Like and share the podcast. Give us a review on iTunes or Spotify. All these things will help to expand the show in the future. This show is brought to you by James Safety Services in partnership with Beast OCR. Don't forget to subscribe and let us know what you think and what you like to hear. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or at BeastOCR.com.